may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome back to The View from the Ninian, where it's a Lancashire double, a Lancashire hot pot, if you will, where we'll be discussing the two most recent games against Burnley and Blackburn. They hate each other, we don't hate them so much, but people I do hate are here on the call with me, Ben Price, Tom Phillips. Back with me as always, on The View from the Ninian, Ben, you've been playing football, did you win some? No, there was no winners in that training session. I am sweaty, I smell, and I have no time for a shower because we needed to do this, because we're so committed to the cause. Did you do suicides at training? No, but the warm-up from the new manager decided that it was just a blow-up session. And yeah, it went from there. It was fun, Tom- but I am tired now. No football training for you, Tom, but do you know what a suicide is? Yeah, where you run up to a line and back, then <gasps> the further line and back. I did it. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, I did it when I played basketball for one season. And <laughs> there's a reason I played for one season. Yeah. So the, the warm-up the manager had was three people in a line, one sort of half half a pitch, one in the middle, had to run to the person on the far side, receive the ball, give it back, one, two, the person then played a long ball to the other person, the person in the middle had to run between the two, oh constantly just doing short passes. That was the warm-up, and that was fucking rough. Well, that sounds <laughs> terrible. Um Speaking of warm-ups, uh, let's go back to Burnley. Um, it was a weird weather day at, Nin- at Ninian Park, at Cardiff City Stadium. Um, I didn't know if it was cold, wet, if it was hot. Um, ben, what did you make of the weather? It was much like Ka- Katy Perry, hot, then cold. Yes, then yeah. no. Yeah. And then you're out. Um, Tom, the weather, much like the first half, blew hot and cold, didn't it, from both sides? It was mainly cold. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was... It's a bit of a nothing half. And to be honest, when you play in Burnley, you, you don't it. really mind that. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're one of the front runners this year. They've got a quality side. They're on a good run of form. So, yeah, if, if we brought them down to what has been our level for the last few weeks, then I was more than happy with that. Um, were you surprised by how poor the first half was, Ben? Burnley promised so much. You know, we, we've seen them take apart other teams. They, they seem to be everyone's sort of sleeper favourites to get promoted, but they didn't really offer much, did they? Yeah, I was really disappointed. In, not well, disappointed is not probably the right word, but I was surprised at how off the pace they were. I sort of, it was the first game we've all watched together, which was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. Was, so it's the first game we've all watched while being sat in the same row of seats. Yeah. Um, we've all been at the same game together enough times, <laughs> but, you know but all I mean. in different parts of the ground. Just to clarify for anyone out there, there, there is a photo on someone's Twitter. You can see it's all sat together. We were there sat and it's just, yeah, I was, you were looking at it and they were sort of picking up little bits of space. Brownhill was all over the shop. Yeah. There was a few players playing quite free roles and I was waiting for them to play that killer ball or make that killer move. And it just never came. It was very similar to what the problems we've had with Morris, like it, the Morrison sort of era was, it was very one paced and there was no real intent to any of the passes. Um, Tom, the, the goal did come early in the second half. Um, two questions. Was it a foul? Well, one question. I don't know why I said two. Was it a foul on Romeo? Uh, you tell me because I was at the bar. <laughs> um... <laughs> you could have watched the highlights back. <laughs> I'm not that dedicated. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I did watch it back. Um, I don't think it is, to be honest with you. I think it's soft to just give in. But and if even though it was devoid of chances in the first half, as a game, it felt like the longer it went on like that, it was us who were going to be on the, yeah. the wrong end of it. Um, so I haven't got really any complaints for it. It was kind of, I don't know, it, it just felt like it was coming. And like down in the concourse, when people looked at the screen, the reaction from the people around me was like, oh, there it is then. Not like disappointed when it was just a general, oh, I felt like this was coming. Yeah, I, I, I guess because we don't score, it's always inevitable that the other team will score. And I think, you know, we didn't make much in the first half, but then it felt like their goal woke us up, didn't it? Yeah, we went on to the second half, was much improved after the goal. Um, yeah, knocked it about really well and sort of finally some intent to some of the passes we were playing in. It wasn't just that one pace from start to finish. It, there was a lot more intent, a lot more purpose to what we were playing. And yeah, definitely did wake us up. Um. Tom, I, it's it's a funny one because I've written here bad crossing, um, but up until the cross we put in for the goal, every cross seemed to either 
hit the front man, have not enough pace on it, it'll be easily cleared. It was it, it was quite a frustrating second half of football, wasn't it? Yeah, it's the story of our season, really, where we seem to get up and around the box and then just can't make our way into it. Um, and it is frustrating to watch because the professional footballers, you think they could beat the first man. And, you know, we, we our builder play is pretty good. It's been pretty good all season. It's just over and over again, we look completely devoid of ideas around the 18-yard box. It was more of the same again. But, you know, we'll, we'll get on to the, the Blackburn game. I'm ho- hoping that'll change going forward because, you know, I, I think it was probably, there's plenty of other things as well, but, but like probably one of the reasons that Morrison got the sack in the end because we look completely toothless going forward and it was the same again in that Burnley game. Well, we know how much Vincent Tan loves shooting, don't we? Um, you'd have our keeper shooting from 80 yards if he could. Um Ben, uh, before we talk about the goal, we, we have to talk about the provider of the goal. Uh, Marlon Romeo obviously went off injured against Blackburn, but against Burnley, that man covered some serious mileage on the right-hand side, didn't he? He's, I think he's my favourite player. I love Really? Him. That's a I, big, I, call. I, big call. I really started to I really enjoy watching him play. He just doesn't stop. I, um, yeah, I love him. I absolutely love him. He's great. And he's kind of integral to the way we play. Obviously, with, with the goal, the, the cross he put in, he's he's overlapping. He's He does it all on that right-hand side, doesn't he? He drops off, he takes the ball, he, he gets down to the byline, he puts crosses in. The cross he put in for Robertson's goal, um, Tom, was a real peach, wasn't it? Oh, it was lovely. Um, it was a great, it was the perfectly weighted ball, back post hung up. Um, and Callum Robertson, you know, it would have been harder to, to, to miss than score. And it's just what we've been crying out for. And then you look at it and you think, why hasn't that happened more? Um, mm. But I'm not going to complain about that when you see the goal because it, it was, it just gives the whole club a lift. It felt that that was needed. You know, if we'd just gone down 1 0 of that game, it was like, look, the management has changed, but nothing has changed on the field. And that then gives you momentum going into the next game. And, you know, hopefully it'll build and build and build. But no, it was a great cross. And I think Romeo falls into that bracket of signings we thought were slightly underwhelming. Yeah. Of, I, you know, I've become a really, really integral part of the squad, like Odauda. Um And yeah, I can, I understand completely why Ben's saying this is his favourite player because when he's having a good game, we seem to have a good game. And he, like, he set, like also does on the back, he also sets the tempo. You know, when he's uh, running up and down, covering a lot of ground, it, it, you know, it sets the tempo for the rest of the team. So no, I've been very, very impressed by him this season. He's everything uh, I like in a player. He's just constant work rate and just seems to enjoy playing football. It's like he gets a bit frustrated, he's, but he's not a real throw your toys out the pram too much sort of player. Millwall aside for obvious reasons. But <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. It just, everything good the last few games has come through him. And yeah. he's just come on leaps and bangs. Um, I think early on, it was a bit of Chris's, like, not Chris, Chris is probably the wrong word, but Morrison mentioned how he's a lot more defensive than he is attacking compared to Carl when Collins was playing. And you can see the difference, but he's really starting to add that attack, like obviously from the assist, he's starting to add the attack into that play while still looking pretty solid defensively. And I think it's just a little gem of a right back. I know know Morrison knows him and has played with him at Millwall or whatever, but he said that's quite a weird thing to say about a new player, isn't it? That he's better defensively than he is attacking when like it it could do be could be to do with the way you're playing him, Steve. Did you ever think about that? Like, and he's showing in recent games that he can be that attacking intent player. And I think like maybe it's just because we were going to attack down the left and we thought the right would have to cover. But he's coming to his own really since Collins has been injured because he is getting down the line and getting to the byline. Um, the last point before we get into the Blackburn game is is around that man Robinson Ben. Um, he's already showing how crucial he is to the way we play, isn't he? He comes deep, he makes runs, he puts crosses in, he gets in the box. He's he's all action and it's he's becoming the, the man who makes us tick up front, isn't he? Yeah, he's exactly what we needed and he's proven to be a really good signing. Um, just, stick, like you said, stick, just getting the attacking forwards plays moving, just creating space, looking for the ball, um, just a workhorse. And, but he's looking like he's enjoying it. He's looking to get shots off even more so we'll come on to it against Blackburn. But, yeah, he was just constantly looking for the ball, constantly looking how he can get a shot off or how he can play people in to get a goal. And just, again, it's just adding a bit more dy- like dynamicism to the way we're playing. I also like when a player scores and they haven't really done the Ayatollah yet, so they go absolutely mental for him. <laughs> mental when they do it, yeah. And he, he must have done it for about a minute straight, <laughs> just like a hand's going up and down. Um, so, yeah, fair play to Callum Robinson. Um, going to the other side of Lancashire now, um, Tom. 
Blackburn at home last night. Um, the first win of the Mark Hudson era. Uh, you know, two games, four points. Not bad start so far. We'll talk about that next. Um, we absolutely battered them, didn't we? It felt that way. Like, it, like looking at the possession stats as the game was going on, they seemed to have more ball than us, but it didn't feel like that at any point. Um, you know, when we had the ball, we were, we were, you know, we know what we wanted to do with it. There was a bit of purpose about them. Um, I thought we pressed really, really well. I think we we isolated Daniel Ayala. He looked all at sea at Shaky. times. Shaky. Yeah, and you know we targeted him and we got the ball off him a lot. And I think the only thing, yeah, we I think we did dominate. And the only thing we lacked were goals. Um, it felt a little bit like that Birmingham game earlier in the season where yeah. we dominated the game and from start to finish, but could only get one goal. But you know the signs are there that we we seem to be know what we're doing and. No, I was really, really impressed. I, I thought it was a brilliant performance. I think there's some people who said we were a bit boring first half. It, it, it was a bit scrappy and stuff at times. But I, I think watching that, I, I was really content with the way we played that game. I think the first half was just a bit scrappy. Blackburn seemed to be content. Certainly some some of the parts I saw that, well, I watched the whole game, but um, there were there was a, seemed to be a period in the middle of the half where Blackburn just fouled every minute or so and they were just intent mm-hmm. on breaking up the game. And I think that's probably what impacted that. Um then there was one player that seemed to to stand out for a lot of people last night. Um, he was the fop mob man of the match. Please sponsor us. Um, he's that man again. We kind of talk about him every week, but I, I, you know, they say we should never fall in love with a lone player. But Kipre has absolutely got our hearts, hasn't he? Yeah, it's happening, and it? he's uh, <laughs> he's one of those you're going to look back on with such fond memories when he inevitably scores against us next season because we wouldn't pay the fifty quid to sign him. Well, apparently um, he's, he's West Brom rating quite highly in terms of money, and I think the only benefit is that I saw someone tweet. I don't know how reputable it is is that he can't be recalled in January because it's an international loan. So hopefully he is here for the whole season. I hope so because he's a monster, and he? yeah. <laughs> he's just an absolute animal. So good on the ball, starting to really get dominant in the air, control the games, and know his role. Um, yeah, just absolute unit of a player. Just when he gets going with the ball at his feet, the, it literally is the only way people can stop him is by hacking him down. Yeah, he won a couple of free kicks last night, didn't he, by getting into those good positions. Um, another player who got a lot of fouls last night, Tom, um, I think I mentioned him in the group chat, was uh, Rina Motta. Um, you talk about the press. Um, he did it at Middlesbrough. He showed last night what he can do from leading from the front. He's just an absolute nuisance, isn't he? Oh yeah, he was. He was just putting the foot in when we needed it. He was breaking up play, drawing just, fouls. Yeah, exactly. He was drawing fouls. Like there was one where he had he had no right to win a foul where he stepped across a, a black yeah, player and the guy just tugged and, him and, and, and he pulled him out the way. And it, you could tell that's just frustration because he was there all night getting in the way, breaking up play. You know, he links up pretty well. Um, yeah, and I thought he was outstanding. You can see now why Redding was so gutted when he yeah. left. You know, he sets the tone, doesn't he? Exactly. You, you know, his performances have been a little bit, you know, stop start, I'd say, from the beginning of the season. But, you know, I thought I thought he was fantastic last night. And, you know, Blackburn were poor, but he's one of the reasons why they were poor, because he forced them into mistakes in that midfield area. They kept giving the ball away. And it's the pressure that our midfield and, and our forward players uh, put on them. I'd love to see his, his kilometre stats for an end of the game because he must cover, you know, the average, in, I think, in the championship is about 10 and a half, 11 kilometres. He must be putting in 12, 13 at least because he gets everywhere. Sorry, Ben, I just wanted to say that. Sorry, the midfield's starting to come into fi- to find a bit of form as it's starting to find a bit of balance. And Rawls looked really good again last night. Yeah, there's the only, I think the only issue is Sawyer's, um, but we'll talk about him later. But um, yeah, I think the midfield's really starting to find balance that we've needed. People are starting again. It's just all about understanding it's more time on the training pitch and it's things starting to come good. And I think things seem a bit simpler. It's not so much trying to find the patterns of play and play in the triangles that Morrison wanted to do a lot of times. Um, so far, the two games for Hudson, there's just the ball just seems to be knocked about just as quick. We're willing to play it on the floor, but it's just we're not constantly looking for the pass. The midfield aren't afraid to hold on to it when they need to. Yeah. Which, Sorry, I think like going back to what Ben said then about Rawls, I think he typified that, right? When he came on, he was trying to find the pass when he needed to, but when he needed to just smash it into Rose Ed, he, did, yeah. he yeah. did exactly that as well. And I think that's the thing we need is that balance. You yeah. know, it's all it's all a, you know, it's all well and good playing good football, but there's a reason then you start to concede a few goals when it's needless. And I think that's where his experience, you know, when he comes into the, that's why you bring him on at that stage of the game as well. When, you know, you, you, you want to up, 
or you know you're you're comfortable in the game. You just need him to break up a bit of play. And I thought he did that brilliantly. And also, he had a shot on goal, which I think is something we're not doing enough yeah. for when we're in and around the box. Yes, it wasn't a fantastic one. The keeper made a save, not a hard one, but it just gives you an insight into what he's added to our squad over the last ten years. You know, it's having a go. Like he did, he hasn't got enough goals for us, but you know yeah. the intent is there, and I don't think the intent has been there from some of the players around him. Um, before we get on to um, Ben Price's favourite footballer, um, we will talk about how unlucky we were not to have a penalty, Tom. Um, it came from a really nice move where we broke up play on the edge of our box, got it forward. It seemed to, to your point, we just seemed to get it forward very quickly and attack. Um, do you think it was a penalty? Do you think we were unlucky not to get that penalty? Which one's this now? The trip or the, the handball? The handball. I don't think it's handball. You don't think it's handball? See, I thought it was. I don't think it is. I think it comes off his chest and rolls down slightly. But I, I, I don't think it's handball, to be honest with you. I it's do... the movement that, for me, makes it apparently. He sort of brings yeah. his arms to it. It's not a case of like his arms by his side and sort of it's bounced off and hit his hand. He's gone in with the chest to try and chest it, but he's brought his arm to the ball and hit it. So for me, if that's if, if that should if that goes to VAR, I reckon that gets given. I think it's the other way, see. I think it's the arm movement fools you into thinking it's a handball when it's not. I think it looks more purposeful than it is. I think it hits his chest. And because of that arm movement, it kind of lulls you into thinking it's a handball when it's not. Um, and I don't think a VAR would overturn it because I don't think it's clear or and obvious. But I, to be honest with you, I didn't have a massive gripe about it when it comes to penalties in that game. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can talk about the other penalty shortly, um, the, the other one. Um, but first, Ben, I think we need to let you bask, bask in your glory. Um, Premier League's Mark Harris showed again why he's Premier League quality. Um, talk us through that goal. Talk us through your feelings as you saw that goal go in. You know, the, the chubby you were nursing as it happened. <laughs> I was rigid. I was a finishing half of it. <laughs> just, yeah, it's just a great goal. Um, delighted for him. And just proving that I was right and everyone else was wrong and everyone else on Twitter can suck my nuts. Are you <laughs> are you gonna get like are you gonna try and send him a justice for Ben Price t-shirt so you can whip it off when he scores next time? <laughs> <That'd> be class. <laughs> um, I mean, Tom, you know, as much as we like to say, you know, since Ben's comments, he, he's come into his own a little bit, Mark Harris. And that finish last night was an absolute rocket, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think we've had a go at him for his finish, and he's not a natural finisher. Perhaps he just needs to shoot from outside the box more rather than inside yeah. it. I think um it was just an instinctive shot. He just went for it and it worked. And I think that's where he's at his best, really. And I think beginning of the season, I said I'd rather let Mark Harris go than Max mm. Waters if it was one or the other. And to be honest with you, I'm now seeing the purpose of Mark Harris in that team. You know, In a game like that, again, you bring him on, it's the intensity, it's the pressing, it's the winning the ball. It's doing the shithouse things, little niggly fouls here and yeah. there. You can't rely on him to be an out-and-out striker for us. It doesn't work. He's good when he is cutting in from those areas and unleashing stri strikes like that. So I think he has a purpose in our squad now. Um, but I, I, it was just a fantastic goal. And the worst thing is, I think someone else said it on Twitter, whenever Mark Harris scores now, all I could think of is Ben Price. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is absolutely He's living rent-free in all of our heads. Completely. Um, but like no, Any time he scores, I have to go and find a tweet criticising Ben Price <laughs> just to retweet it. And whenever we score, Ben, you'll be pleased to know, we seem to get about five or six tweets within seconds. Of people going justice for Ben Price on my or... notifications as well. I don't need Fot Mob to tell me Mark Harris has scored. My Twitter <laughs> does it for me. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so funny. And like just look at it. me and Fee were sat on the sofa watching it. And um yeah, just laughing at the tweets coming in just because yeah, it was just really funny how quickly they came in. Before... It's a hell of a goalie. Yeah, it's a hell of a adjustment of his feet as well, because the ball sort of goes under him a bit, and it's really easy to fuck that up. Trust me, because if I had to go at that, it's going out for a it's going out for a throw in, and just the way he sort of legs. over it and just adjusts himself as the ball's coming towards me. It's a really, really well struck goal. That's properly good technique. That yeah, it was a great goal. Um, before we get to the the last minute heroics, Ben, there was a Ng and Gallagher. I've written tete a tete here. Um, Ng trips Gallagher up, and Gallagher absolutely thumps him with his studs to the size of to the side of the calf. I mean. NG's a shithouse, we know that. But Gallagher just really should have been sent off for that, shouldn't he? I think both were lucky not to see red for it, to be honest. Because Well, I mean, NG just tripped him. NG kicks him off the ball as well. 
It's yeah, not a trip. It's bleep, a kick off the ball. Yeah, I mean, it was just a trip in my eyes. It's it's both lads are doing off the ball stuff. Yeah, and you should have done what he done. Extracurriculars. Yeah, Gallagher definitely kicked him off the ball as well. It's um, yeah, both lads were lucky there. I think so. A Blackburn fan found that tweet um on Twitter and said the it's because the gimp tripped him. So um, <laughs> it's a very old school insult that from like year year eight. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Gimp. Yeah, um, but Tom, obviously the game ended again in last-minute fashion. It's a, a hallmark of the Mark Hudson era. Um, firstly, it was a penalty, but were Blackburn unlucky not to have had the advantage call? I think the referee gave it because also it went down with a head injury, which was quite clever from him, but they put the ball in a net and could rightly feel aggrieved, couldn't they? Yeah, 100%. should <laughs> be rightly aggrieved. Like, you look at when he blew the whistle as well, it's like a split second before he... It's into the net. I well. thought he gave a foul against them first because he it, didn't seem to point at the spot. It was a weird sort of 30 seconds or so. There was like no reaction like from anyone. the ground. Like I don't yeah. think anyone really knew. It was like almost silent. The Blackburn fans didn't start cheering or anything. And because the keepers like sparked that on the floor as well, he's not there protesting. So it was just a weird kind of turn of events. But no, they, they've got to feel aggrieved at that because it's a it's a fight, it's a go. Like the keeper's nowhere near it. It's not as if he hasn't, if he if he doesn't go down injured, he's saving it. Yeah. But it would have been so unfortunate if we'd lost to that. And I was, you know, absolutely livid because I thought we were for one of the first times ever, I thought we we're gonna see this out. And I, I was genuinely quite confident. Normally it's like oh it's classic city. But it didn't create goal. anything, did they? That was the only thing they really got anywhere yeah. near our goal with. Exactly. Was that and that shot from halfway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I'm that says like, it all. And I was furious when that penalty was... It was the right decision, just furious at the whole situation. But my God, was I happy when he, when he saved it. I, I, I haven't been that... The adrenaline I got from that save, I couldn't sleep for hours <laughs> afterwards. Uh, Sarah was absolutely fuming at me. Like, I, I was so happy, I think it became quite irritating. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I, I was still actually buzzing this morning, to be honest. I, I think it's just such a momentum shifter for us. You know, four points on those two games is absolutely massive when you've got a new man in charge. And you, and you could see it at the final whistle as well. Like, yeah. the, the players were buzzing about it. It's a reaction we haven't seen for a long, long time. And it was, I don't know, it wasn't as if they were, like, feeding off the crowd or anything. It was just amongst themselves. They seemed absolutely, I don't know, delighted with the result. And now I think that could be huge for our season. I think it could be a big, big turning point, to be honest with you. Ben, was it good save or a crap penalty? Or was it both? Um... It's a, if you save a penalty, it's a good save. Uh, it's that cliche in it. Um, but it was a poor penalty. <laughs> um, very it was very comfortable. Very soft. Pace, yeah. It was It was as bad as Robinson's, but at least Robinson looked away to try it. So he had exactly. That Robinson, Robinson didn't know what he was doing. He was looking the other way. Um, before we talk about Hudson, there's one question here. That I don't know who wrote this, so I'm going to put it out there. But I think I can tell by the smile on his face. Tom, did you write Nkunku? Is he good? I did. That piece of skill in the first half, he flip-flapped it through someone's legs. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah but then he didn't collect at the other end. I think he did, but he, he had to tackle but someone. this is what I mean, right? <laughs> the, 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 that bit of play sums it up completely. I think... I put it in, he, so I think it's a really interesting one, because I think he split in opinion. Like, I, I think he looks really good going forward, but he, he's yet to do anything spectacular in the final third either. And in defence, there's two or three chances a game that he's given away where he's leaving space behind him, where he's nowhere near his man, he hasn't followed him. And you can tell there's a player in there, and I think he's I think he's going to be a great player, but there's, I, would, I don't trust him one bit at the moment. I would defend him as saying he's clearly very raw, isn't he? Um, how long can you say it for? Well, how it? long can you say that? I know, but like I, I think he's just... There, he's got so much skill. And he's got a very high skill level when he's going forward, as you say. But yeah, he he, he leaves so much space defensively. And it's like, are you a winger? Are you a fullback? Should you not just play left wing just so you can counteract that? But obviously, we're we're stuck at the moment, so he's got to play left back. I find him very one-dimensional. Um, I'm not a fan. I don't think he offers much Uh-oh. either. This is why I brought it up. This, this is what I mean. This is gonna. This is where I get hammered on Twitter, isn't it? But I hope so. <laughs> this, yeah, um, all this Ben Price work is going to be uh, uh, Mark Harris work is going to be undone, undone by your opinions yeah. on Nkunku and I'm hoping he proves me wrong for the rest of the season but so far I think he's really poor defensively 
and I think he's shite attackingly. I think he's just a step over sort of merchant Whoa. at the moment. And I really, I think the only reason he's playing is because he's on loan from a Premier League club. I'd much, I'd be a lot more comf- comfortable defensively if Joel Bacon was playing. I, yeah, I would be defensively. I like his endeavour. I think he's got an intent about going forward. I do think he lacks an like final ball, final fit at the moment, but I do think he gets us up the pitch quite quickly. I, I do think that he makes the other team think about it defensively. So I think it's another dimension. But I, I'm yet he hasn't done anything yet apart from trying me. to hype up the crowd against Luton. I think that's the only thing he's added so far, really. But he reminds me of Ravi Matundo in like his first couple of Wales appearances. It's a lot of pace and there's a lot of flash there, but there is nothing. It, there's like pace. No. And yeah, it's just, I really hope he becomes good because he's clearly skillful. He's clearly a talented player, but he's got to piece some stuff together because so far he's been a hindrance more than he's been a help. I, I really like him. I, I like <laughs> footballers who have just like, you know, there's something that they're just capable of doing anything at any time. And that's what I feel like with Nkunku. He could go on a mazy dribble, take on the whole team and score, or he could equally chin someone and get sent off. Like, he I love that. That's by the side. That, that spontaneity sort of, uh... of him. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get with him. And I love that. And I think that's why we like Keith Bray, right? Mm. Apart from he's like a lot more. I, then they're different ends of the spectrum on this. But Keeper's got that moment in him, like where he'll burst 30 yards forward and cut out a pass and he'll put us on the front foot and we nearly score from it. But equally, yeah. there'll be that moment where, where we're like, where the fuck has he got? He goes missing, there's a massive gap. And yeah. Yeah. It's... And it adds excitement to football. That's why we want to watch it, right? We've watched enough turgid football over the last five, six years. So long, you know, I don't mind having and conquering the team, like completely making a shit ourselves every now and again. Same with Allsop. And yeah. I, just, I will not get used to that. I don't care if he does it for 10 years for us. When the ball is back yeah. to him, I am going to shit myself. I think there was, there was a moment was last night where he came quite far out and all, like, almost missed it or didn't the, put enough on, the, on it. He was on the touchline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's um, in Kunku or Scott Malone, I'm going in Konku. So <laughs> there, that's, that's, that's all it has that to be, Ben. That's all it has that's to be. That's where I am. Like That's all it has to be. He'll do for uh, me. Talking about... Um, former players of ours, we're going to talk about Mark Hudson. He's now our manager. Um, you know, Tom, I think we talked about it on Saturday. For a club that doesn't have a manager, there is absolutely zero conversation around who's actually going to replace him in terms of an external appointment. And that just basically means that Hudson's our new Cardiff City manager, doesn't it? It feels like it, doesn't it? He's bringing in staff. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I've never seen anything like it at any level where like a manager's left and they've gone, oh, there we are then. And nothing has happened. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was an international break. Fuck all about Cardiff, like the whole time. There was no speculation. Absolutely mad. I thought, like, I've just missed it. I said, oh, no, no, there's nothing. You know, people are throwing names into odds because they haven't got enough to fill the spreadsheet. And it's just, it's madness, really. But if he is giving it, it, it's, I think, what we said on our emergency pod, it feels like they're just going to give it to him because we haven't got enough money to give it to anyone else. Yeah, I think when um, was it Rob Edwards left Watford, he thought, ah, that's someone we don't have to pay. Like, like to get rid of from an, uh, to poach from another team, perhaps that would happen. But that's far too progressive and sensible for us. So, yeah. you know, we we've done a podcast with Hudson in the past. If people want to go back and listen to it about his coaching philosophy, we know beat what me, he wants. Beat me to game. my plug. Yeah, oh, my bad. But um, <laughs> you know, he he's got a clear. He's, he said in his press conference as well. Um, after the game, that his goal was to become a manager. So he wants this job. He knows the cl- classic. He knows the club. But, you know, we're going to benefit from that. So if it is given to him, as long as we're not giving him a four-year contract or something daft, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not against it. Um, I've got a tactic with it, though, right? This is the way to do this. Because we're going to end up in a similar pattern here of sort of interim managers come in, they get made permanent, hmm. and then they get sacked. Just keep him as interim manager the whole time. And I think within two years, we'll win the Champions League because it just goes really well. I mean, Hudson in, you know, for, you know, we've, we talk about him being a previous caretaker manager everywhere else and not winning a game. What is it? Four games he's managed somewhere else. So that's his first win as a, as a manager. So congrats Mark Hudson on that. But Ben, it felt like at the end of the game last night, and I, I've seen this at other, other other football clubs, it felt like a club coming together at the end, didn't it? All the players were kind of quite spontaneously on the pitch, celebrating together. There was a bit of a lap of honour. 
And that's, that either says two things to me, that they're very happy to be gone from the Morrison era because they all seem to be relieved and, you know, moved on from it. Or they're all really buying into what Hudson's doing now and they want him to remain his coach. And it feels like if the players are behind him, why shouldn't we be behind him? I'm behind him 100%. I think when you look at the name suggestion, sort of the way the club's going, I think it just makes a lot of sense for Hudson to be in there um, yeah. and get the job. So it's good to see that the players are buying in. And they seem they seem a bit more relaxed with everything, don't they? Just like yeah. the press conference afterwards, it was a nice sort of moment with Harris and uh, Allsop sort of chatting. Where's Allsop's got the nickname Rocky from as well, which I, which is something that I'm really confused with, I hope comes out at some stage. He looks clean off, is what I would say. I don't get him. He doesn't, he doesn't smile. He didn't really show much emotion for most of the game. So I, I, I can imagine he's hard as fuck, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll um, Google it now. Um, why he's called? Yeah, Bournemouth keeper Ryan Rocky Olsop wants to be first choice. This is 2013. He was given the nickname by a nurse after being born prematurely, then contracting meningitis at aged two weeks. I feel bad now. Yeah, <laughs> I still think he looks hard as fuck. He still be clean off. He yeah, clearly yeah. is hard as fuck. Yeah, yeah. He's doing that at two weeks old. Fair play to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like even just like the. You see them talking after the game. It just seems a bit more relaxed. I know it's easy to be a lot more relaxed after a good win like that with everything that went on. But yeah, it was just a nice little moment. And sort of, it felt like all that shit that's gone on the last couple of weeks sort of pushed to bed, pushed like and put like just moved on from it. And just a new moment for this team to really sort of come together and bond but it's, over. But it's, it feels like almost like a, it was a new team in the summer and it feels like they've been trying to cement themselves and things have been chopping and changing. But kind of last night almost felt like the culmination of all that, right? Obviously, we, we scored late on. They conceded the penalty late on. And it felt like the team coming together in that moment and kind of almost like being reborn, if you will, in, in the Hudson era. Um, Tom, you talked about not giving him a four-year contract. Um, we have a penchant for giving a, a manager perhaps a year rolling? Is that the kind of thing you'd give him or would you give him to the end of the season, reevaluate in the summer? Would you give him, never give him a contract and do what Ben said and just keep him interim? I think you keep him interim until the World Cup almost. I think you can probably afford to do that. What's that going to be like? Seven or eight games? Maybe? Yeah, something around that, yeah. And I don't think that's outrageous. And then reassess. You know, we've rushed into contracts and stuff in the past. Um you know, if it starts to go horribly wrong in four or five games' time, then you could bring in a permanent manager then. But I think if if it's going well up until that World Cup, then he's got, you know, time to gel with the players. We're not losing many. We're probably two at most um, to that World well, Cup. Har- Harris Colwell, right? They're the ones yeah, you expect to go. Exactly. So I don't think there's any rush. And I do understand why the club isn't rushing to do it. The, the complete lack of communication... Is pretty standard for the club as well. I wouldn't mind something, but no, I think keep it rolling until then, and probably yeah, till the end of the year. Because at the end of the day, people aren't going to come. We're not going to. We're not at risk of losing him to another club. You know, he's not an established manager. This is an ideal time for him to prove himself as well, and it's kind of risk free for us in terms of, you know, being caught without anyone again. So yeah, why not kind of keep it rolling for as long as we can. Is he just op- pushing that Celtic link out now? Isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's, it's Mick McCarthy's. Sorry, it's Mark Hudson's agent. Celtic are interested, and they've already got a manager, Mark, uh, Mick, who are whoever you are. Um, ben, <laughs> are you optimistic for a Hudson era? It, you know, two games in, it, it feels like we're on the right path, but it's only two games. Do you are you hopeful that Hudson can can be the man that leads us to I don't know Champions League glory? I think I am. Just Whoa. when we spoke to him before on the before, old podcast that you can get on the view from the Ninian Spotify, Twitter, wherever you want it, basically. We'll on the feed. It. Yeah. Um the way he talked through everything was like, and this isn't just sort of like talking up because we got to speak to him and all of that, but it was really encouraging. It was the sort of thing we were crying out for at the time. Everything he said sort of ticked the boxes of what you yeah. want as a football fan. It was about philosophy and ethos and that long-term vision. And he doesn't strike me as a bloke that's a bullshitter. He seems like a good, honest bloke. So I think like you trust him with that and give him time to bring it in. And I think it could be a really fun time. You've got someone that really understands the club, like genuinely has an affection for the club and will give everything he can to for us to succeed. It's quite a nice sort of thing to have. It could be a nice little dynasty for a couple of years and, and hopefully it leads to a lot of success because I really don't want to see him go 
the last way he left the club was a disgrace. And I don't want to see it happen again, him go out with another sour way. Um, I guess the, the final point on this, Tom, for me is that all of a sudden, it feel, you know, we had Morrison in, and I think the fans took to Morrison really quickly. But Hudson is almost like the same as Morrison, but with that already, you know, that 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 legacy at Cardiff already. So the fans should want to, should be on his side from day one, right? And should want to see him succeed more than they would Morrison. So do you think we're going to see the same buy-in from the fans if Hudson does get the permanent job? I, I'd say so, because I think we're looking for a bit of continuity as well. We want someone to succeed. You know, I think when Mick McCarthy came in, a lot of people already thought he was a dinosaur, and yes, he kind of proved, and he kind of proved it. Um, yeah. With Morrison as well, he should be in a fucking museum, Mick McCarthy, the fucking twat. <laughs> but with <laughs> with Morrison, I think you know the fans were behind him. I think we all think it was too soon. Like we we don't know what's going on there. We all thought he was sacked too soon, but there would have been even more outrage if he'd been a little bit more, I don't know, warm with the fans, nice. a little bit there. Yeah less of a cock in, uh, yeah. in press conferences. And I think, you know, Hudson will have that on his side as well. He's got a lot of credit in the bank with our fans, like you said, for like some memorable moments with this. So it's the ideal, it's the ideal grounding to go into the club and then start um, on a, your managerial career. And, and we all wanted to do well. And that's a great start, four points there. So now I'm excited by it because it, it is like as much as we shouldn't, Go on about it. It is nice when a former player is back at the club. You know, we all love nostalgic things. Yeah. He was and captain. He was our leader during like some actually really good times. goals, like, and yeah, like yeah. big goals, like yeah, long distance goals. But like, and, and I had a photo with him in Soda Bar. So you know, and I he came the on the bar. podcast. And he came on the podcast. There we go. Give him a five-year contract. Change my mind. <laughs> It's the fact you cropped out of that picture on someone's random Twitter is still one of my favourite things that ever happened on Twitter. It's so good. Um, if you do want to revisit the podcast we did with Mark Hudson, um, if you go to our Spotify page or our Apple podcast page and just search the name Mark Hudson, they'll come up. Um, he, he talked a great game on that podcast. It was generally one, and he was so generous with his time that you can see why I think people gravitate to him. He's very grounded. He's very, he's a very good talker, very good communicator, but he's also very generous with his time. So hopefully he'll, you know, he's going to get the job. It feels like he's going to get the job. So hopefully that will come through in his managerial career. Unlike Steve, I'll shout at you in a press conference, Morrison. Um, right. Talking about press conferences, doesn't even make sense. Um, it's everyone's favourite uh, new quiz that's not so new anymore. It's the Cardiff City Wikipedia Nugget of the Week. Um, I haven't gone for a player one this time. Oof. So it's a, it's a multiple choice question. So I'm on the Cardiff City FC in European football Wikipedia page. At the bottom of that page, there is a bi-country table of all the games we've played in European football, some competitive, some non-competitive. The question for you this week is that we have a 100% record against four, against four European nations, so teams from those nations. We have a 100% record against four country team you know you know what i mean from across europe um i guess the the answer the, the, the question is you can name two of those and you'll get the win this week so name two countries in which teams that have come from that we've got a 100 record against and tom don't google it i'm not i'm genuinely not so it's not multiple choice at all well you just get two yeah, it's multiple <laughs> choice and there's there's all these there's, there's, there's all multiple these european answers there's all, there's all these european countries guess them yeah um, to name two, played. can we ask questions to sort of narrow it down? Ah, uh, no, nah, just go for it. This, this, this feature always this goes is, on this too is long. pure vibes. You've got to do this on pure <laughs> vibes, right? Belgium, you get two guesses each. Belgium, no bollocks. Belgium's one of the teams we have a zero percent record against, so you well, could be more further from the truth. Fantastic. So, Ben, you've got one more guess, Tom, you've got two guesses. Okay, I'll go with now then to make it fair. Hungary. Another 0%. One guess each. All you have to do is get one each now. Think of all the European countries. Just like one of them. Uh, uh, Israel. According to like, this Wikipedia page, we've never played a team. I just thought we might have played a team. I can't be high on that, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I, I, I just feel like it'd be some random Eastern European country that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it's not that difficult, mate. Oh, there's only one country on this list that doesn't exist anymore. Yugoslavia. No, no, it's no 
East Germany, <laughs> the country that don't exist anymore. We have a 100% record against teams from France, Italy, Norway, and Scotland. We went too hard on this, I think, didn't we? Yeah, we, yeah. Go on then. Who are the, who are the clubs? Oh, I no idea, mate. I've just got. Oh, fucking. It's, just, it's, it's literally a table on our, on Cardiff City FC and European football under that link. Granted, against Italy, we've played one team from Italy in one game and we have a 100% record against them. Similarly, Scotland. Um, funnily enough, the, te- uh, the, the team in which... The, uh, the country in which we played the most teams from, according to this table, is Portugal with 11 and we have a 36% win ratio against them. So we've won a third of the games played against Portugal. What Portuguese are they counting? Team. Like, what competitions are they counting? So it's, it's cup on his cup, 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 cup and yeah. friendlies, I think. Of friendlies? I didn't no, say that. Oh, I, I, wasn't, wasn't, I wasn't. I wasn't. We, we've lost to Celtic in the past. Yeah. We, we haven't lost to Celtic in a friendly, I don't think. Well, in the Cardiff City Stadium? Yeah, that's who we lost the first game, didn't we? I thought we I thought we drew and I thought we beat them in the Algarve Cup. We beat them in the Algarve Cup because oh, I never that. forget that. That's that's a huge achievement. <laughs> to be honest, lads, the table doesn't make any sense. I've tried doing it against the maths of the games we played in the Cup Winners' Cup plus friendlies, and it doesn't quite make any sense. <laughs> so and, like I said, I'm just reading off... Wikipedia nugget. <laughs> it's a shit quiz, but it's fun. <laughs> uh, talking about shit quizzes that are fun, let's go over to Twitter. Um, we've got a lot. Oh, this doesn't make sense. Um, we've got a lot of questions to get through, so I'm going to rifle through these. Uh, Diff MJ, friend of the pod, Matt. In a patient passing style, how important is it having more direct, quick players on the ball and off it with their runs, like Sparky and Rouse over Soyuz and Ojo are just too pedestrian? Um, seems like Tom that the 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 Soyuz experiment isn't working. Yeah, that one especially. I think Ojo has flashes where he does add yeah. a bit of pace in it. He gets around a man. Injects a bit of pace, but Sawyer's. I just, I've, I've said it a few weeks ago as well. I, I, it just hasn't worked yet. You know, we were lulled into false sense of security when he scored against Norwich. Um, and he, well, he scored against Luton as well. Um, but I think we lose something when he's in the team. We don't have that press. He, he doesn't get in those positions like Rinamota does. I know the different types of player, but yeah, I'm, I've not been convinced so far. And you hear commentators saying stuff like, you oh, know, we've got a classy player here in Sawyer's. Well, I'm, I'm yet to see it. He's I been in our system, does he? <laughs> Sorry, we spoke it. Ben, we basically spoke at exactly the same time and weirdly our sentence was exactly the same length <laughs> I just said it does. I don't think he works in our system and I think Ben said he's too, been too anonymous in too many games yeah he's just not been involved does he like I can't think of the last three four games anything doesn't get, doesn't get on the ball enough doesn't go looking for the ball enough he has some nice I think against was it, he came on last night and he had some really nice turns um, and nice flicks but that's all he does, really. Um, Terry Hansen, this is in reference to the last-minute drama, Would it be diff- wouldn't be the diff if there wasn't. Really hope Hudson stays in charge. We don't need an expensive sacked manager. Alan Hopkins didn't agree with the Morrison sacking, but Morris, but Hudson has the potential to be a great manager. Former club captain, loves the club, will know what it means to be to the fans in the derby. Great performance and win tonight. Peter Davey, what a win, fully deserved. Now let's build on it. Ben Price, this one's for you. Another man who's got you living rent-free in his head. We all owe Ben Price an apology and a pint. So, Ben, what's your order? Don't say anything mental like, I don't know, a pint of Red Bull with squash in it and a lifetime membership to the Mark Harris fan club pending. Ben, what's your, what's your pint order, Oliver Reese owes you? Uh, Tiny Rebel Electric Boogaloo. Thank you very much. No worries. I'll get it over to you by post. Gareth Dunning, think it highlights once again how crazy the second of Morrison's was. We look decent and four points against sides at the top. Can't be scoffed at. 13th in the table now and behind Hudson or whoever but we pulled the trigger too early. Luke Shepard, dominant in every part of the pitch, even more so once Harrison Riles came on, created a lot of chances, but nothing really clear-cut first half. Such a city thing to concede a penalty after performance like that, then couldn't believe that it was saved. What a boy Alsop is. Edward Tobin, let's bask in this warm glow for a moment. Three points and a last-minute penalty save. I'll savour that for now. You've, you've turned one of your most hated people into a fan, Ben. Lee Johnson has uh, commented with Justin, justice for Ben Price. Uh, what to say to that? <laughs> <laughs> Might be Lee, Lee, Lee Johnson. Let me have that's a look. Not, that's, that's a twist I did not see coming. It's not that Lee Johnson, I'm afraid. Um, oh, good. Then he's Lee not Johnson. a slug. He's yeah, not a good. slug. He's a good person. Well done to him. I like him. Uh, golf Dweeb. Thought it was good. <laughs> thought it was good. <laughs> that's his Twitter name, Golf Dweeb. Dweeb and Gimp tonight. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thought it was going to be another frustrating evening. Would still be nice to look more threatening in front of goal. Um, Sam Hill, 
looked in so much control throughout the game tonight, didn't trouble us until the late drama. The Sparky fan club gets bigger, unreal finish from him and a great team performance. Four points against two top teams in a division is a great start for Mark Hudson's Barmy Army. Uh, here's a name that we haven't mentioned for a while uh, from Daniel Morgan. I'm so glad you could finally talk him again. But does Shea Ojo remind you a little bit of Josh Murphy? Block Good him. in spells, largely <laughs> shit. Look, I blocked Daniel Morgan. Where we get the funny questions from? <laughs> um, has your fave player ever been a keeper? I was saying how he's my favourite player. Just watching him, then he saved the pen. Tom, as a as a, a member of the goalkeepers union, uh, what is Alsop rate as your favourite goalkeeper from recent years at Cardiff? I can go back to when you've been watching him. He's got a long way to go, I think, you know, when we've had Dave the save and stuff in the past. I'm still, apart from that penalty, not sure I've seen also make an actual save. It feels like, I don't know. Norwich, I, the first game, made a really good save. Okay, they are one. But like, I, I think he's done a lot right without having been tested that much yet, which I might be completely wrong. I, just, I might have just blanked it all out. But, you know, I think my favourite keeper is um, still Tony Warner after he signed my autograph book twice. So, <laughs> I love Tony Warner, even though he didn't really do it for us. Um, <laughs> I thought I, I thought he was going to be the best keeper we've ever seen, but he was a bit of a, a damp squib, really. Uh, Reese, it felt and looked like the team Morrison was trying to put together, maybe with a little bit of tight defence, courtesy of Hudson and Harris coming good too. Four points from six against playoff-chasing teams is great. Points of a surprisingly competitive Wigan side would be better. Uh, Stephen Gladwin, if you'd said we'd taken four points against Burnley and Blackburn, I'd have snapped your hands off. Great performance tonight. Simon Hiscox, Ojo and Sawyers need to up their work rate. Talented but lazy. The rest superb tonight. More thrust than incisiveness throughout. Kipre was outstanding. Would have been a huge injustice if Rovers had taken a point. Four from six. Alan Griffiths up the shagging blues. Our one up Ben. Mark Harris is Champions League quality. Someone just takes it too far, don't they? Well, no, <laughs> you can play a TNS. Uh, Raul Duke Hudson was the brains behind the Morrison operation league title pending Sam Hardwell Alsop or Newer was in goal yesterday I think it was Newer but you know we've got Alsop so he's probably better isn't he Tom Um, David Groves played really well tonight should have been a couple up at half time keeper is a baller Reno class Idris Merry Soyuz and Oju do not look as if they care low confidence lack of effort I don't know double change of Raul's much better tonight and Sparky made a difference Sparky has improved so much clearly worked so hard Benny Price knows Kipre is different gravy back in Hudson for the job I Ben do you think there is something that Ojo can bring because there were times in that first loan spell where he looked like a world beater but he seems to blow so hot and cold that it's impossible which, which Ojo you're going to get yeah, but I think that's what you get with championship wingers, don't you? Um, if they were consistent and constantly doing playing at the peak like we know Odra is capable of, he'd be playing in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's one of those things that are frustrating, but there'll be a time in this season where Odra comes good for a run of games and we'll be really thankful we've got him. So it's it's more, it's not forgivable, but you know, you can feel something will come with him and I think he will come good. Yeah. Uh, K49745, the Max Waters fan club seem to have gone quiet. Do you think it's best we cut the losses in January? Don't forget we paid a million quid for him. Tom, do you see a space for Waters in, in, in the new Hudson era? Yeah, I do. I think that when he came on um, in the last game as well, he caused a few problems. I think... He seemed to be playing from deep, much deeper against Burnley, didn't he? Yeah, and I, I think, like we've said this earlier, when he was starting games, we weren't seeing the best out of him. He could benefit from doing what Harris was doing earlier in the season. And coming on and trying to make an impact, you know, Robinson has made a difference since he's come in, but still he missed six chances. You know, Glenn yeah. Murray and Earnshaw yesterday, Ernie was saying that he, you know, if you're having six shots in a half, that's a hat trick day for you. So I, I, I think we've got to be careful not to get carried away with Robinson as well because he has added a lot of energy and he does give us another dimension. But we're still crying out for a goal scorer. So I think everyone. And Mark Hudson said as well, we need to spread these goals around the team. Yeah. And Mark Waters, if he picks up four or five goals, they could be an important five, four or five goals. But so you, you think about it, right? We've got people like, we've got Odauda, Harris, um, Waters, Ojo. We've got Isaac Davis and Colwell to come back. Plus we've got Robinson in now. That's seven mm. people who could provide eight to 10 goals a piece. And all of a sudden, if you're, uh, they won't, but like if you spread them that thinly, mm. then all of a sudden you've got what we like in the Premier League. You know, when we got promoted to the Premier League, we had four or five players who provided eight to 10 goals each. And we had Morrison giving six from the back. So, um, hey, Anthony Jones, thanks for listening to our Mark Hudson podcast. After listening to your excellent interview with Mark Hudson a few months ago, I was comfortable with Hudson as manager. He came across really well. And maybe we just have a gem on our hands. I appreciate its early days, but I've just got a feeling about him. I've got a feeling about him as well. It's called love. Reese Gilbert, surprise Gavin White didn't even come on last night. Thought he should have started. Um, ben Price, 
Gavin looked quite good against Burnley. Maybe, you know, he's got strapping around his knee. Maybe he's carrying an injury somewhat. But um, it's nice to see him coming back into the team, isn't it? Yeah, I think he'll play a part in the squad, but I don't, he's not a starter for me. Like, for everything good he did, I still can't get that one touch he had in the Burnley game out of my head in front of us, where it was just... Oh, well, he locked it on too long. Just no one around him, the ball went about 20 foot away from him, and I'm just like, it's just, yeah, yeah it was just one of those. Um, he's the ultimate sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. I don't <laughs> know, he's, he's mainly shit. Like, yes, he scored against Kosovo, big whoop. Um, you know... Yeah, I, I, it's on maybe he's injured, maybe he's just not good enough. We've seen enough of him to make a call. He's not like some other players we've got in the squad. Like I want him to be good, but he, I, he's just not good enough to be a championship regular. He's not going to... I think you look at someone like... Some people argue Mark Harris isn't good enough. You look at what Mark Harris offers compared to someone like Gavin White in like the time they played. Um, All right, mate, we I, get it. You uh, love Mark yeah, Buddy Harris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, Ben. <laughs> John John Williams still need a goal scorer. Four chances, four chances in the first half, which went begging. Don't look convincing when we have a set piece. Still well deserved three points. Never never an easy watch at the Bluebirds. Reece Spencer, I think the main thing is it was a win. Blackburn were poor, but we kept going, which is pleasing. And an excellent strike from Harris. Do the team's confidence world of good. Andy B. More of that from Sparky. Still will hopefully cement his place in the World Cup squad. Paul Walsh, dare I say it, not a lot has changed. The groundwork was put in place by Morrison and carried on by Hudson. Just came, gained confidence along May. The positivity continue. Tom, I think that's, it, it kind of comes across as a bad thing there, but that continuity is something we've just never had before. We would chop and change between our managers and we'd go from that long-termism to short-termism. If a lot hasn't changed, that's a good thing in my book. Yeah, I'd say so. And I think the key part of that was long may the positivity continue. Yeah. That was something that Morrison wasn't bringing. You know, he's a very sour, prickly character. And we we always thought that it, would, it was going to end in a horrible, horrible mess where shouting, slagging matches. But what happened was he ended up being sacked sooner than we thought. So if we can keep that style of play that he was developing, we've still got the same coaching team there, albeit with possibly a few additions to it then that's great because it's still going to be the sessions that players are used to. It's still the same style of play with a few tweaks. So, yeah, it, it could work out nicely for us. That is actually a really good point because we did say constantly that there's only one way the the the, the, the uh, Morrison experiment's going to end and that's in a, fire, a fireball of self-destruction. And, yeah, perhaps it might be long-term, it might be a good thing that we didn't let that happen. Um, oh, I think so. And um, I think history would be kind to him as well. Yeah. Like because because our fans all thought it was too early. I, I do agree. I think it was too early, but I was petrified of what was going to happen by the end of the season. At the same time, you were never comfortable with him in charge. I I, I, I he, do if... see what he was building, but I, he, he's just a bit of an ass. And I know you don't sack someone for being a bit of an ass. You should. I'm, I'm a little bit glad to see the back of him on a be... personal note. When he was in press conferences being spiky when things weren't so bad, you know, we were only five or six games into the season he was picking fights with in press conferences. Imagine we went on a five-game losing streak or a, 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 a you know, a five-game, you know, a run where we don't score, a run where every, everything goes to shit. How spiky is he going to be then? He's going to be sticking a microphone at Rob Phillips' ass, just screaming and raging. <laughs> Rob Phillips alone. Uh, Jake Doran Hughes, Cardiff giving high blood pressure since 1899. Sawyer's lazy off the ball and when he lost possession. Keep Ray grafted like fuck. Sparky with the final third magic no one else had. Callum Robinson worked his socks off, but zero out of seven attempts ain't good enough. Entire team looked hungry. You and Barber played very well against Blackburn. If Hudson can get us the click going forward, it'll be all right. But the clowns at the boardroom level need to go. They're clueless. And David Williams, the final question. Great result on watch. Who do you reckon would win in a fight, Morrison or Hudson? Mar Hudson looks like an absolute nutter on the sidelines. Snap answer, Tom. Hudson. Snap answer, Ben. I think Stevie Mars would win. I think Hudson's I think, too nice. I think Hudson nah, would be very got methodical. Someone behind his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he has, he has, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, thank you very much for all your tweets. Twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninin. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, we'll also post the link to our Mark Hudson podcast on there. Um, it'll be on the, the replies to the, the latest podcast tweet. Um, you can find it on Spotify and all your other podcast hosts. Um, if you are listening to us through any podcast host, we would appreciate you dropping us a review if you enjoy the podcast. If you didn't enjoy the podcast, don't ever review us ever because we don't want to hear your thoughts. But um, if you like listening to the podcast and have been doing so, please just give us a review. It helps us with things like SEO and pushing us up the rankings on charts. 
Right, to round us off. Go on, Ben, you're going to say something. I can see you. Yeah, on the reviews. Who gave us a two-star? Who reviews something two stars? We got a two-star review. We got a two-star review. That was years years ago, though. Oh, is it? It's just random. I wouldn't be surprised if someone... Someone filled it in and then didn't, and then because sometimes I think on Apple it would autofill, and they just made a mistake when they were clicking it. That's what I like to think. Thank you. Okay, I hope it's that because yeah, it's a really random one to do. Is like two stars. Uh, I'm going to see. I think our rating is four point nine at the moment. It would be great to get it to a full five star. And I, um, I think you know if people want to leave us, well, leave us a five star review and just put some funny comments on there, and we can read them yeah. out. Then get, justice you know, for Ben what? Price. Yeah, get it in there. Yeah, come on, we we want to see funnier reviews. Our latest review said, no city pod comes close. Um, we had a liquid listening. It's like liquid football for the ears. Top quality chat that makes you feel that you could be sat in the pub with them post-match. Um, and then one person said, it's like being in the pub without the idiots. Intelligent, funny, proper Cardiff City chat. Cheers, lads. Um, I'd like to thank my so mum yeah. for that one. Yeah, yeah I'll pass <laughs> it on. Um, so yeah, if you want to leave us a review, please do. Um, we have one game to preview. I accidentally rhymed then. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Tom, Wigan away, um, not Carly Ray. Is it time to put a run together? Oh, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Cool. Could imagine another win, two wins in a row. Yes, please. Yeah, I think you know it's a game you look at and you think is winnable. Um, I think they're currently 2 1 down as, as we're podcasting live, we're live yeah. scores. To a podcast you listen to afterwards. <laughs> this will be 12 hours behind by the time it goes out, but it's fine. Um, you know, they're not a team that scare you. You know, they they they're quite they're they're what are they tenth before this game started. Yeah, so they're they're all right. going, uh, yeah. They've had the uh, the odd good result, the odd bad result. I think it's a game that you want to get points from. And I think like Ben Price brought it up in the group chat earlier on. Our run of fixtures after this is a pretty kind one, really. You know, we've got Wigan away, then Coventry at home, who are, you know, just a bit of a shambles there at the moment. You look at QPR away, that, that's a tough one. But then Swan, Swansea away, anything could happen. Well, normally losing, but anything <laughs> could happen. And then Rotherham <laughs> at home. So, you know, there's, there's a plenty of opportunity for points over the next month or so. And I think Wigan is an ideal place for that to, well, continue after the four points, but to start that run throughout October. Ben, are you excited to see former Cardiff players Joey Ben Ben and Joshy Mag? Yeah, looking forward to see uh, Joe Benton's lovely teeth. He stopped playing tonight. He's on the bench, but McGinnis did start. Um, so that's there's mad- probably the prospect that's of madness that he's. McGinnis, I think, has started yeah. most games for them this this season because I think Charlie White is still recovering from um, his cardiac arrest, so they would probably start McGinnis. Um, ben, what's your I don't know, memories of Wigan? <laughs> Um, Dave Whelan breaking his leg in the FA Cup and telling everyone non-stop for years. I didn't know that. It's been how long, how long ago since they got to the FA Cup final? And 2013, th- wasn't it? Yeah, whatever you think of Wigan, that's all you think about is Dave Whelan and his broken leg. It's, it's mad. It would be nice, though, wouldn't it, Ben, to, you know... I, I remember the season... Was it, was it Wigan we played on the first game of the season after we got relegated from the Premier yes. League? and we, Etheridge got injured... Um, Bobby Reed left the game after and we lost 3-2. It would be nice to go there because I think it's the first time we've played them at the week at the, their stadium since then. To kind of avenge that, really, wouldn't it? And just get on that run of a couple of games. Yeah, it's a team like we've not played a huge amount randomly. It seems to be whenever we've gone up, they've mm. sort of gone down. We sort of bypass each other a lot over the last few years. Yeah. And when we have played, I think the one standout was it Connor McElhenney scoring. At oh, the DW, should like, like take a drag on a cigarette. It's a name I haven't thought about in a long time. Proper, like that sort of era is the last time I sort of think was getting a positive result against them. And Nicky Maynard at home as well. I think of that year as well. Yeah, we've had a bit of drama there as well because when Malky um, was manager, our directors refused to go. I remember that as well at the away game. Um, well, they refused. They refused entry, or no, they just refused to set foot in the ground. I think a lot of the staff, and I remember because I was working as an intern at the time, and I remember taking a picture of the the away director's seat being empty. So there's a little bit of history there with them as well. And why? With Malky, they had Malky. Oh right, sorry, oh, of that course. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so I wasn't very clear. Yeah, so when he took over there, I, I, was... I didn't have the timeline in my head. I was like, yeah, when was that? Yeah, yeah. So he took over there. Then uh, yeah, the. I forget longer. that because he didn't do very well, did he at Wigan? He wasn't there very long at all. No, yeah, like half a season. There's a lot of drama around it. Yeah, 
That's it. He signed Kimbo, yeah, because he got released. Kimbo got really good. Oh, God, I completely passed me by. Uh, this is Red Hot Podcast Chat. Um, memories that we forgot we had. Um, Peter K podcasting. <laughs> yeah, do you remember garlic <laughs> bread? <laughs> garlic bread. Volavuts, volavuts. Um, what's your prediction, Ben Price? Are we going to win or are we going to draw? Uh, I'll go for a 2-1 win. 2-1 win. Two scoring. Robinson and Rolls. Robinson and Rolls, double R. Tommy Tom Tom. I think we're going to win 4-1. Woo! I don't know why. I don't know where this has come from. I'm going to regret it in approximately three minutes. But I, I, I don't know. I've got a feeling after watching that game and us not being clinical, I think it'd be one of those games where it'll come good and it'll be one of those games where Callum Robinson takes a couple of those chances. So I fancy him to get a brace and a 4-1 win. He's about... He was 16-1 to 1 last night to score two against Blackburn, so... Yeah, it's a mad call. The more I think about it, I can't believe I've just said But this. if you're going to say it, it's worth a couple of quid. I'm not, sure, quid. I'm not sure it is, but there we go. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm just looking forward to your mentions being destroyed this month, this week, not mine. Right, no one cares about me. It's fine. I'm going to go three-one. Ojo's going to get a goal. Harris is going to get a goal, and Robertson's going to get a goal, and we'll all have a lovely time. And that's um, yeah, you know, everyone having a nice time. Um, and that's it. Another episode of the View from the Indian in the bag. An absolutely stellar episode once again, if I do say so myself. Premium football chat. Premium Mark Harris fan club vibes. Um, if you like what we do, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninny. And as I said, the Mark Hudson episode will be linked from our latest tweet linking to this podcast. Uh, if you can find that on our Twitter page. If you like what we do um, and want to give us some contributions towards our license costs and all that kind of good stuff, kofi.com, kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, you can even email, email us if you want, VFT Ninian at gmail.com. Ben, keep an eye on the inbox. Um, ben, what was your favorite word you said during this podcast? The and Tom, what was your favorite noise you made during the podcast? Oh, there you go. <laughs> Thanks very much, boys. All the best, and we'll see you next week. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny, and with views from the ninny, and not shoes from the ninny, and the view from the ninny. And